listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. It's Broncos This Week, brought to you by Original 16. Happy to have you along for the ride. I'm Ryan Schweitzer. He's Craig Boschman. Just a stuffed show today. Yeah, we got a pissy one. Uh, obviously, our coaches segment with uh, Dean Brockman uh, to quickly recap that uh, 7-0 loss to Medicine Hat and talk about the weekend ahead. But uh, Adam Lowry, our featured guest here today, obviously a member of the Winnipeg Jets now on a four-year career here in Swift Current. Uh, he was very, very long-winded, uh, to say the least, for Adam Lowry, and it was a great, very long chat with him. Yeah, and no shortage of great stories as well coming from uh, from Adam Lowry, a guy who broke into the league as a 16-year-old, a better-than-a-half-point-a-game player when he joined the organization at age 16 and ended up becoming league MVP, one of four members of the Bronco organization to win that four Broncos Memorial Trophy, the last player to do so, in fact. So just a great chat with him, uh, and I've been looking forward to this chat for a while. I wanted to talk to him about his his, his viral moment from earlier this year when he had a center ice tilt in Vegas with, you know, one of the NHL heavyweights and Ryan Reeves. Yeah, one of the biggest ones in the league. And uh, as we were chatting about that, I looked it up on YouTube to kind of see how it went down. And he did a he did a bang up job holding himself in there against a guy who is uh, probably one of the more physically intimidating players in the league. Oh yeah, for sure. No, he he answered the bell, and you know, in talking with him, he he took us through everything that led up to it, and and really broke that down well. I know that that video on on Sportsnet's YouTube channel has been watched over a million times, so we'll we'll chat with him about that viral moment. We uh, also have uh, on our Crescent Point Down the Pipeline segment, a guy who's been lighting it up in midget AAA in Manitoba. Yeah, Reed Dick, uh, the Broncos' 45th overall pick uh, in the 2019 Bantam Draft, is having a heck of a rookie season with his uh, Pembina Valley Hawks midget AAA team. Big goalie uh, has already signed his uh, standard player agreement and uh, certainly uh, feeling like he's going to be maybe the, the big piece of the Broncos' future. we got a busy weekend coming up at the rink as well. Uh, this Friday's game, the Medicinat Tigers are going to be in town for the rematch, and uh, that's going to be a night supporting the uh, Downey Wenjek Fund, which is something that was started by Gord Downey. It, uh, Downey, of course, the, the famous former frontman of the Tragically Hip, who tragically passed away a few short years ago, but but uh, he started the Downey Wenjack Fund inspired by a story of a young indigenous boy named Channy Wenjack, who in the 60s at age 12 ran away from his residential school to reunite with his family more than 600 kilometers away. He passed away during his journey, but his story of bravery inspired Gord Downey to further build a better Canada through poems, music, books, videos, and now the Gord Downey and Channy Wenjack Fund. We're partnering up with Living Sky Casino, our great partners there, and it's going to be a great night at the Innovation Credit Union IPLEX. 250 custom pucks provided by Living Sky Casino will be handed out at the doors. A lot of people asking about this. The custom-painted goalie mask that Isaac Poulter will be wearing. It was designed by local artist Curtis Schwartz, who's done some great work with our goalies. He did that much-fabled Stuart Skinner mask a few years ago. Uh, that'll be auctioned off during the game with proceeds helping out the Downey Wenjack Fund, thanks to the Living Sky Casino. And it, it's just going to be a great night. 100th Meridian will be playing at the casino after the game, and Living Sky Casino, uh, you know, inviting everyone down there for that, where they will have a draw for a $2,000 Tragically Hip 
prize packs. So just uh, a great night. Uh, the Diamond Energy Wildcats will be on hand helping out with the 50-50 as well. We hope to see a packed house uh, this Friday night when the Medicine Hat Tigers are in town. Yeah, not a lot going on here this weekend. It's a pretty, uh, pretty standard week. Yeah, you know what? Let's just head on out to the rink. We're going to be welcoming uh, players' families as well. It's Parent Billet weekend as well, so a special presentation with that too. So we got to get the ball rolling here on a very stacked podcast in just a moment. We'll uh, break down last night's 7-0 loss to the Medicine Hat Tigers. Swift Current Bronco head coach Dean Brockman joins us shortly. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16. It's time for our coaches segment. We are joined by Broncos head coach and director of hockey operations, Dean Brockman. Dean, uh, last night's game in Medicine Hat uh, started off even the first five or six minutes or so, but then the Tigers are a very deep offensive team and they kind of flex their offensive muscle in that first period. Yeah, no, they did. And, uh, you know, we were caught flat-footed and, you know, really I thought, uh, you know, the the play was okay and the pace of the game was okay for us. And, you know, and I think Isaiah probably wanted a few of those back. But, uh, you know, in saying that, you know, we got to compete harder. I, I thought uh, our young guys played pretty well. And, you know, I think we need the other guys to step up a little bit more in those situations. And, you know, they did uh, the previous game when asked upon. And, you know what, they, we just got to find consistency. You know, we can't expect that things are going to happen for us. Uh, you know, we got to work for them. Yeah, that first period was certainly one to forget. Uh, you know, the first 20 minutes, not that smoothly. Uh, you know, talk talk about the final 40 minutes in that one, because there, there were some times where I, I thought you skated with them all right. Yeah, I know for sure. Again, uh, you know, I mean, doing things right on a consistent basis is, is really getting old with that theme. But, you know, just to do things consistently is, you know, we have to have those habits, especially for our younger guys going forward. And, uh, you know, they have to develop them. I, you know, I thought we did a, you know some decent things I thought we got caught you know watching a lot and uh, you know we lacked a lot of communication on the ice and, and trust and where the other guy's going to be so you know I think in saying that uh, you know we found some groove a little bit going into uh, you know Friday Friday night's rematch talked about the young guys I thought that line of Pelche, Seleski and um Wow, who's the Hagen? Hagen. You betcha. No. <laughs> I thought that do, line uh, do, was. Do you call our games? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, I thought that line was uh, maybe one of your better ones in that yeah, game. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, I thought uh, they generated things. They did some smart things. They were hard on the puck. Uh, you know, they got over, t- you know, top the puck. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, they did a lot of good things. I thought uh, our young guys on the back end did as well. And, you know, we need our other guys to follow that a little bit. And, you know, they need to, you know, to really answer the bell a little bit at times uh you know so those guys were productive uh, i thought they did some good things they got some you know action going in the offensive zone uh, they were pretty responsible defensively so yeah good on the kids for playing hard you touched on isaiah and maybe a few of those that uh, that he'd like back but but you left him in there you know talk about the the decision to to keep isaiah going yeah for sure no that's a good one i think uh for us uh, you know before we we did the opposite and and pulled them early and it didn't help us so you know for you know for his confidence sake uh, going on the road he's got to battle through that he understands it we talked about it uh you know for him you know it's uh, it's tough when you get off to that start uh, you know you got to get back your game as quickly as possible and it's just kind of a learning process of how he wants to to be used in those situations and you know we have two big games on the weekend that uh, you know we know Pulse is going to start on Friday so 
you know, our thought process was, you know what, let's let them battle through it and let's see if our team responds to it. And some guys did and some guys didn't. So, you know, it just kind of tells you a little bit more about your team. You and I touched pregame about uh, having to stay out of the box because their power play is so dangerous. Only took the two penalties in the game, and the penalty kill percentage has been slowly rising. I think a couple of months ago it was in the low 70s, but now it's in the mid-70 range. Yeah, I, you know, we uh, we emphasize not taking penalties against, the, you know, the second-best power play in the league. And you know what? When you're not involved in the game enough, uh, you don't take that many penalties. So, you know what? I thought, uh, you know, we didn't uh, – we weren't doing anything foolish, which is good, but we have to be more competitive. And you get another stab at these guys uh, this Friday night yeah for sure I thought we had a great practice today just learning some habits that we need to and trying to make sure that they skated out of them a little bit and you know what it's a tough rebound when you you come home late and you got to get to practice the next day and make sure everything's looked after but our guys responded a little bit to the challenge this morning and we'll challenge them again tomorrow and just see how it goes it's an exciting weekend too it's a parent and billet weekend here so a lot of these guys are going to see some of their family that they probably haven't seen since Christmas it might only be the second or third time they've seen them all season long in general yeah for sure I think uh, you know what uh, you know hopefully our guys understand what their parents uh, have allowed them to do throughout their minor hockey I mean uh, I know I didn't until I got older and I think it's a sacrifice that parents make uh, you know for their kids uh, to have success in life and you know what I you know they'll be reminded of it I think uh, you know it's important uh, for us to, to to remind them of the fact that you know, parents have been supportive throughout their whole life. That they do things and make sacrifices that other people don't, and that's why they're called your parents. And uh, you know, hopefully they respond. Uh, you know, by playing hard in front of them. I think that's always been a fun weekend. It's always been a bit of a challenge as a coach because you know you want to make sure that everybody's playing, but in the same breath you have to earn it as well. Busy weekend coming up, two games at home. And, Dean, we thank you very much for, for taking the time to chat with us today on the Coaches segment of the Broncos This Week podcast for Original 16. Awesome. Thanks, man. It's time to go down the pipeline, presented by Crescent Point. Davies scores a hat trick for Josh Davies. Will we take a look at the next generation of Swift Current Broncos? Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16. It's time to go down the pipeline for Crescent Point, and we are joined now by Broncos prospect Reed Dick out of Manitoba. Reed, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing good, thanks. I uh, appreciate you taking our call here. I saw you guys were in action. We're recording this on uh, Thursday, January 23rd. I know you guys were in action yesterday. kind of looked like it was a bit of a wild game for your team. Uh, yeah, a lot of goals back and forth, uh, but it was good to uh, end up with a win there. Yeah, how's the season going for you thus far? I know that your team is uh, is near the top of the standings in Manitoba. You're you're playing your home games out of Morden. Is, is that correct? And, uh, and how are things yeah, going for you? Uh, yeah, Morton's correct. Uh, it's been good. Yeah, we got a pretty good team this year near the top. Um, looking to jump a few spots here uh, down the stretch at the end, but uh, it'll be interesting, yeah. Now, I know you and the uh, goaltie, your goaltending partner, Brock Morose, uh, have been kind of splitting the starts. Looks almost like a, a 1A, 1B type of situation. I mean, the, the games you're getting into, you're, you're doing really well. I mean, you're so far, you're 12-2-1 on the season, a 9.26 save percentage, 2.42 goals against. I mean, are you playing it the way you think you kind of expected heading into the season? Uh, yeah, well, I wasn't sure quite what to expect. You know, it's the uh, big age jump, um, playing with guys two years older. But, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good about my, uh, my game right now. 
um, pretty smooth transition, uh, transition, I think. So it's been good, yeah. Yeah, I want to ask you, you know, Bosch threw some numbers out a, a few minutes ago. Just, uh, you know, you're, you're having better numbers your first year in Midget AAA than you did in Bantam. You know, what uh, what happened in the off season that, uh, that got you in the right mindset for this year? Uh, yeah, I put in a lot of work uh, this off season uh, with Jesse Deckert, and he's uh, really got my game up to a point where I feel comfortable or more comfortable in the net. Um, and our team's uh, really good this year. We got a good group of guys ahead of me, so helps. Now I know uh, heading into the draft, uh, you were obviously picked up 45th overall by the Broncos, the the first pick in the third round, I believe that would be. So uh, I mean, throughout your draft season, did you have any idea where you might kind of go in the draft? Like, did you have any sort of goals of where you wanted to go? Uh, at the start of the season, I was hoping just to go, and then uh, I started getting hot down the stretch, and I was hoping to go uh, top five rounds. And, uh, yeah, it was obviously really exciting when uh, the Broncos tricked me there. Yeah, what kind of conversations have you had with uh, with the Swift Current Broncos? You were obviously here uh, partaking in training camp earlier this year. Uh, what have the conversations with uh, the coach and scouting staff been like for you? Oh, they're all really good. They're all really nice. Uh, they just see how I'm doing. Uh, I say they like what they're seeing, and, uh, yeah, they just check in on me all the time. Make now, sure I'm doing good. Now, I know the the Bantam draft is usually in early May for the WHL, and I know that you uh, committed and signed your standard player agreement in early June. So, clearly, there was no hesitation on your part to uh, commit to the WHL and the Broncos. I'm guessing the WHL was always kind of the way you wanted to go? Uh, yeah. I've, uh, huge, I like the WHL, like uh, how they run it. There's a lot of games played, so there's lots of opportunities to play, and, uh, Swift Current has a great organization, um, and I'm just really excited to be a part of it. Yeah, as uh, as a 16-year-old right now playing midget AAA, uh, as Craig mentioned, you know you're you're getting lots of ice time and lots of opportunity. How are you? Uh, how are you hoping to finish the season? Uh, hoping to win the league, obviously, but uh, yeah, I'm hoping to just continue to stay hot here and. Uh, close out games and win games for my team. Now you got a chance to, to play in a couple of games for the Broncos early in the preseason. Uh, you played in three games. You went 2-0-0 and one throughout that preseason time. So kind of an early indication of uh, what the WHL might be like. Uh, were you kind of happy with the way you performed in those preseason games? Uh, yeah, it was really good uh, just to see. And I, I was happy with how I played, but it was uh, it's good to see what you need to work on uh, with a lot bigger, stronger, faster guys ahead of you. Um, you got to battle through screens a little more, a lot more uh, big guys in front of you, uh, in front of the net. But, yeah, it's good to see what you need to work on to get to that level. Now, the Broncos have some other prospects in that Manitoba Midget Triple A League. they got uh, Sam Cord, obviously, who's on the Winnipeg Wild, the number one team in the league. Uh, Braden Lewis uh, on the Southwest Cougars, who I think are just kind of below you in the standings. Uh, I'm sure you would have had some conversations with those guys during camp here with the Broncos, but uh, have you been able to keep in contact with those guys at all throughout the course of the season? Oh, yeah, I say hi to them every now and then when I see them, and uh, it's great playing against them. You know, they're great players. They challenge you. Uh, yeah, and I love playing against them. Hopefully future teammates, so we'll see. You know, I imagine you're you're all about the Pemina Valley Hawks, the team that you're on right now, but have you been keeping an eye on, on what's been happening in the Western League and where you could potentially see yourself down the road in, uh, in the WHL? Uh, yeah, well, I hope to be in the Western League soon, uh, soon enough. Next year uh, would be the best option. But, uh, yeah, I, just, I look forward to being part of the Broncos eventually, yeah. Now, there's a lot of young players. Obviously, the Broncos are trying to build towards the future. So, I mean, when you consider yourself an 0-4 goaltender, uh, you know, it's got to be kind of exciting to know that there's a lot of high-end players coming into this organization, and you could be a big part of that as well. Uh, yeah, it's exciting to be part of such a good uh, draft class. And uh, age group, 0-3s are great. 
Uh, 04 is a great. So, yeah, it's really great to be a part of it. Well, Reed, this is awesome. I appreciate you taking our call here on a Thursday night. Uh, best of luck uh, not only this coming weekend, but uh, throughout the rest of the year, and I hope you guys have a great playoff run. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast presented by Original 16. We are pleased to be joined on the phone now by Swift Current Broncos alum and current Winnipeg Jets forward Adam Lowry. Adam, uh, how's things going around Winnipeg these days? Uh, things are good. We're, we're coming off the, the bye week right now. So um, I was down in Mexico for a few days with a couple of guys and our girlfriends and you know got to enjoy some sun um you know we're, we're kind of struggling in winnipeg right now so it was it was nice to kind of get a break and almost a little bit of a reset before we kind of make that final push into the end of the year well to focus on a little more of the happy news you just mentioned there that bye week i think is kind of a, a new thing in the last couple of years that's been brought in so how much do the guys enjoy getting that week off uh, you know to kind of break up the nhl schedule a bit yeah, um, it's it's one of those things I think everyone loves, and you know they're going to push hard to continue keeping it. And um, I think the past couple of years where they've now done it, where you know it's on either side of the All Star break, and now you're you're not necessarily playing a team that's been playing for a week when you're coming out of the the bye week like it it was in the first year, kind of makes it a little more even playing field, and you know you get the six or seven days where you can kind of escape somewhere warm, especially for a lot of the Canadian teams where it's, you know, minus 30, minus 40 kind of thing. So um, it was nice to, to go sit in the sun for a bit. And it, it's definitely one of those things that, uh, you know, the players really like. It's it's nice to to kind of get away, you know. It's, uh, the season can be so stressful and it's, it's nice to kind of turn off uh, your mind uh, from the hockey mode for a few days and, you know, just – Rest the body and rest the mind. And, What's um, the... Uh... You know, it comes up. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, it, it comes at a great time. I think, um, you know, you, you've been grinding out and you're close to the 50-game mark and then, you know, usually team schedule in March really picks up and February and March are, are busy times. So to kind of get it at the end of January, it, uh, it bodes well to kind of go into that last push. We'll get to NHL player kind of travelocity type review right now. What's the preferred destination in Mexico for uh, for NHL guys? Uh, I I think Cabo. You know that was that's where we went. It was my first time down there, and you know I I had a great time. The the weather was good. There was a ton of good restaurants, and um, you know it, uh, there there's no complaints uh, by me. You mentioned uh, how the season's a long one. I'm kind of wondering if there is there a a dog days part of the schedule. Sometimes it's near the end, but uh, you know, when you're a team that's in the hunt, is it kind of in the middle of the schedule where it kind of starts to wear down on you? Yeah. You know what? I, I think kind of right before the all-star break usually, and it kind of, you get a couple of days of Christmas time, but you know, it's, it's not a ton of rest and you know, it's um, there, there's a lot of travel and eventually it starts to catch up to you. You know, we, we've had quite a few injuries and, and things like that. And, you get into the middle of January and, you know, you have cold winters, you're, you're not seeing the sun as much. And, you know, some days it, it becomes a drag, you know, you, your team's struggling. There's a little more uh, mental fatigue than, than you'd like. And, you know, it's uh, kind of working in this, the bye week you, you kind of get that reset. It kind of gets you out of the, the dog days and 
allows you to push through a, a cold February and, and into hopefully a warmer March and, uh, you know, one where we're, we're still going to be in the hunt. I want to ask you what it's like to to play in Winnipeg. You've spent uh, your entire pro career with that organization. Uh, is it is it similar to to when you played in Swift Current in the sense that everybody knows who you are when you're out and about around town? I mean, it it must be uh, there must be some fun times and some good stories playing in such a hockey mad market, eh? Yeah, you know, I think it's similar to Swift, uh, and I kind of compare the two. Like when people ask me, you know, it, it's it's one of the smaller markets in the NHL. We, we have the smallest rink and you know, we have very passionate fans. I think, um, you know, pretty much everywhere you go, someone's wearing you know, a Winnipeg Jets hat, a toque, you know, a scarf, uh, a t-shirt, you know, flying back uh, from Mexico, there's people asking to take pictures on the plane and, and things like that. Uh, you know, it, uh, they love their hockey here, just like they, they love it in, in Swift Current. And, you know, I've been very fortunate, uh, you know, in junior end and, in the NHL to, and even in the AHL uh, to go to markets where we've had incredible support. And, you know, it's always uh, a lot easier going to games and, and getting up and to play at home. And, you know, you're going to have a, a relatively full rink and you, you have that support. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I think I looked back a couple of years ago when we made the run to the, the conference finals and, kind of the whiteout and the whiteout parties and, you know, the, the life uh, they they kind of took on. And, you know, just to see the the whole city kind of get behind you like that, uh, you know, it, uh, I, I love playing in Winnipeg. Now, some of those, some guys love that kind of rock star status that comes with, you know, being a professional athlete. But are there times when it's kind of tough and you wish you could kind of just go out for lunch or go out for dinner and just kind of eat by yourself and not uh, not be bothered? You know what I <laughs> – for me, it's, it's not, it doesn't happen all, all that much. You know, and I, I think I can blend in, you know, for, for some of our bigger, bigger name guys, I think, you know, it's, it's all the time, but you know, the, the people kind of, they, they do a really good job. You know, they, they don't really bother you when you're eating. They, they wait for you to be done or they wait for you to be walking out and, you know, then they'll ask if, if they can get a picture or get something signed. But, you know, for the most part, they're, they're super respectful. They're, you know, they're just thrilled to kind of see you out and about. And, you know, they just want to tell you that uh, they're supporting you. And it, it's always nice to hear that, uh, you know, yeah, a good game the night before. And, you know, you, you got uh, some kids just beaming. They're, they're thrilled to, to meet some of the guys that they watch on TV and, and things like that. So, um, you know, it's it's part of, uh, you know, being an NHL player is, you know, you, you kind of, have to make sure you're giving back to the the people that uh, support you. You know they're they're buying the tickets. They're they're coming to the games. And you know at uh, in Winnipeg, they've the fans here are incredible. They've done such a good job supporting us. So um, you know it's a it's a small price to pay. Yeah, and you would have got an introduction to that back when you came to Swift Current. Your your first year here was that uh, as as a full time member of the Broncos, the two thousand nine two thousand ten season. You know what what do you remember about uh, you know your first few trips to Swift Current and, and first impressions of the city? Um, well, I remember going in at at fifteen to to training camp, and you know I I'd never been to Swift Current. I think I'd played uh you know i played some minor hockey tournaments in in regina saskatoon and and one in wayburn so you know i, I had seen small town saskatchewan in, in wayburn and, and swift currents bigger than wayburn I, I think yeah by a bit yeah we got uh, it. yeah okay yeah so we, we've got the edge there but 
you know, I, I hadn't really spent a, a whole lot of time in, you know, in a small town. And, um, you know, I, I think looking back at, at my 16 year old year, uh, it, it was so nice being in such a small town. I, I lived on the street of the comp and, you know, I could walk to school. I didn't have a car there uh, my first year. And, you know, Reese Scarlett would kind of chauffeur me around. <laughs> he, he had the car and, and him and Graham Craig going in as 16 year olds together. And we kind of experienced that living away from home for the first time. And, you know, I'm so thankful I got to play in a small town. You, you got to hang out with the guys so often, you know, everyone's five minutes away. You got to kind of build those bonds and relationships away from the rink. And, you know, you got to spend some time on the bus and, you know, the travel and Swift current wasn't, uh, you know, like it, like it could be in say Brandon or Prince George or, or some of the other cities. So, you know, that we didn't have to deal with too many grueling uh, bus trips, but, you know, I, I, I just remember, kind of you know being able to you know spend those times and, and build those friendships and you know go to the pizza hut buffet for, for lunch and <laughs> just just random things like that where you know that it's junior hockey i think everyone kind of has those those stories where you know they, they'd have spots where they'd always go for lunch and you know some of the jokes and some of the stuff they they'd share on the bus and you know, the people of swift current being you know tremendous tremendous and supporting us uh you know, extremely well in my belts, Patty and Tim McKay. And, you know, I was, I was very fortunate to live with them all my four years. You were, uh, you were someone who kind of became a part of the Bronco family in between different coaching regimes. You were drafted when, when Dean Chenoweth was head coach and general manager. You started playing here under Mark Lamb. Uh, you, you touched on it. You, you started in the league at age 16. What were some of those discussions, you know, with, you know, with Lammer early in your career about, about playing in the Western League at age 16 as opposed to, you know, maybe doing another year in midget? Uh, yeah, so I, I think kind of coming into training camp that year, I, I didn't really know what to expect. I hadn't played midget AAA the year before. and um, You know, I had just played in the 15-year-old league, and, you know, that that's quite a big jump. And, you know, I, I had no, know some guys that had, had done that jump where they had gone from minor midget to, right to the Western League. But, you know, it wasn't necessarily something I uh, was expecting. I, I knew I wanted to come into camp and – you know, kind of put my best foot forward and you know, as camp progressed and, you know, if we were talking to Lammer and, uh, you know, we were, we were kind of figuring out uh, what was going to be best for me. And, you know, he, he said, uh, you know, he, he thinks I, I can play in this league and I can be a good player. And, you know, they were going to, they weren't going to rush me. They were, they were going to kind of let me grow in as a player. You know, I was kind of in that awkward stage of growth where, you know, I was shooting up and I, I didn't weigh a whole lot and, but, um, you know, I, I remember sitting down with Lammer kind of right after training camp and right before I signed with the Broncos and kind of him going through, you know, how this would help me and how this would kind of springboard me forward. And in with my development, you know, there, there would be some growing pains and, and things like that. But, you know, I, I was very fortunate with the way kind of Lammer was able to work with me and. Um, it was Tim Keller. Uh, he was an assistant my first year, and then it became Darren Evian and Jamie Eward. And um, I was very fortunate with the way they kind of helped me progress. And you know, there there were certainly were some tough nights for me where you know I was getting overpowered and and things like that. But um, you know, I, I kind of very happy with the the course that uh, you know my first few years in the league went, and ultimately uh, kind of 
you know, culminating in a player of the year at 19. Well, you were a pretty regular contributor over that year, over half a point per game as, uh, you know, as a 16-year-older. And helping out uh, your development, I imagine Cody Eakin, Justin Dowling, there's three of you guys who are on that roster who are now NHL regulars. So uh, the coaching staff obviously plays a huge a huge part in it, but how much did your teammates and maybe those two guys specifically help you out? Yeah, you know what, I, I think you saw how good of a player Eakes was kind of every day, and he could, you know, he could turn a game on its head you know, with one shot, he was such a gifted goal scorer. And um, you, you saw, you know, kind of how hard he'd work in practice and just his compete level. Like a, he is so fiery and, you know, he's he's so hard on pucks and, you know, he, he kind of wouldn't take no for an answer. And then Dallas, I always tell people, you know, that he's probably the most skilled player I, I, I played with in junior, you know, and uh, some of the goals he, he could score. And, um, so, you know, you got to see the skill and kind of the development that uh, those guys were on. And, you know, when I was 17, we traded Deeks to Kootenai and you got to see him go on a, a run and eventually win the league and, and go to the Memorial Cup. And, you know, I, I think another guy I, I look back on, you know, that kind of really helped my development was Taylor Vaz. Um, you know, when I was 18, you know, I played a lot with him when I was 17. And then, you know, when I was 18, uh, kind of we were – on the line with Coda Gordon until um, I got hurt. And, you know, seeing how he prepared himself, seeing the, the work he put in off the ice and and things like that. You know, I, I look at those three guys kind of as, you know, they're all different players to, you know, the style of, of play I played. But, you know, the way they prepare themselves, kind of the way they compete on pucks and, and things like that. And, you know, they all had different leadership styles, you know, at, um so, you know, I, I tried to take uh, kind of pieces uh, from everyone's game. You know, you, you touched on your 18-year-old year and uh, the injury-shortened season that it was. You got 36 games in, better than a point a game, you know, and, and you were just fresh off being drafted by the Winnipeg Jets, you know. How, how tough was that year, you know, when you're, when you're really coming into your own as a player and then you're forced to spend so much time in the stands? Yeah, you know, it, 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 was, it was tough. It was kind of frustrating. Um, you know, at, uh, you know, I felt like I, you know, really started to turn the corner and kind of become a, a dependent player at both ends of the rink and, you know, one of the, the go-to guys on the team and, you know, and had developed some real good chemistry with Taylor and, and Coda. And, you know, I ultimately I had surgery at Christmas time, but I, I think the injury occurred. Like I, I think I broke my wrist in, in the fourth game of the year. And, um, so, you know, it, it was tough. It was tough watching. I, I knew, like, I wanted to really kind of continue playing and continue kind of progressing as a player. I thought that, you know, my game was starting to really come. And, um, you know, I, I took a lot of minor penalties that year, but, you know, I, I was starting to, to get into some fights. And you know, I was starting to just kind of develop all different areas of my game. And, you know, at, uh, at Christmas time, I had the MRI and, you know, I got the call that, you know, my wrist was broken, you know, I was going to kind of fly out to Winnipeg and they thought surgery was the, the best option. And so to tell someone at 18, you know, you're, you're unsigned, you'd just been drafted that you're going to probably miss the, the rest of the year. And um, it was, it was tough news, but I think, you know, at the same time, they did a really good job of kind of giving me the, the best things for, for my rehab and to really allow me to kind of develop some strength and, you know, keep developing as a player, even though I wasn't on the ice, you know, I was able to, 
really get a different perspective, watch a lot of games and um, kind of come back at 19 and, you know, it kind of had started to finally fill out uh, my frame and, and things like that. And, you know, in those three, four months, it, you know, I had made some great strides physically, I think. Um, but it, it was certainly tough. It's, it's tough. You know, you, there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, when you kind of have, significant injuries where you have surgeries you're not sure how it's going to respond you're not sure if you know if it's ever going to kind of go back to the way it was before you were drafted as white's mentioned by the jets in 2011 that was their first year back after moving from atlanta so heading into that draft did you kind of know where you might where you might go and, and getting picked by winnipeg i would imagine you went to development camp or whatever it may have been shortly after and i can only imagine what the fandom was like you know shortly after the team relocated back to winnipeg yeah, so, you know what, I, I think there's the central scouting rankings and, and things like that, and you, you have a relative idea of when you'll be picked, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, you kind of don't really know. And um, going into the draft, it was, my brother was eligible his second time through, and um, we weren't sure if, you know, if he was going to get picked or if he was going to get picked, so we, we kind of decided to, to stay home. It was going to be... You know, we were just going to enjoy the draft, uh, you know, with our, you know, my grandparents flew in and, um, you know, ultimately we both ended up getting picked that day. And, you know, that was, that was a pretty special moment to kind of get drafted together and be able to share that experience. And, you know, we'd gone on different paths. He, he ended up going and playing four years at Cornell and, you know, he got, went the college route and, you know, I had gone the Western league route and to kind of see both our, you know, our different paths, uh, but, you know, it kind of led us to our same goal and we both kind of achieved that, you know, another stepping stone to, towards our goal of one day playing in the NHL. Um, getting drafted by Winnipeg, I was thrilled. Uh, you know, it, it's a Canadian team. They were they were just coming back into the league and we knew how exciting their, their fans were to get their team back. And, you know, I, I think there was so much... Uh, going on that we ended up not having a development camp there was it was so new kind of them coming back uh moving from atlanta and they had so much to get organized but coming into rookie camp uh right before the the season and just going on the ice the first time it was sold out to watch all the rookies and you know we're playing in the the winnipeg peg blues rink and you know it's standing room only they're they have go jets go chance going and you know, they're cheering goals and warm up and, and things like that. It's it's one of those things, you know, it was eight years ago now and it's one of those things you, you don't really forget. You know, and and then your final year of junior, bouncing back a bit to uh, to that, uh, just a monster year for you. 45 goals, you managed to get in all 72 games, and uh, you became the fourth player for the Swift Current Broncos to win the four Broncos Memorial Trophy as league MVP. You know, heading into that year, uh, you, you must oh. have really felt like you had something to prove, eh? Yeah, you know, I was, I was really excited to kind of come back, and after – going to a, an, another training camp uh, in Winnipeg and kind of going to the Young Stars tournament in Penticton. And, you know, I felt like I had made big strides that summer. And, you know, I, I was anxious to get back and to get playing games again. And it, it had been a, a long time. And I, I remember going into exhibition. And, you know, I, I don't think exhibition went as, as well as I had hoped. Um, you know, I was expecting to kind of get back in and put up, big numbers right away and you know I, 
I wasn't really thrilled with how it went. And, you know, I sat down with Lammer and, you know, we kind of had that talk and, you know, it's going to take some time. It's not, it might not come right away. You you kind of been off since last December. And so I, I I remember kind of starting the season and, um, you know, I, I was just so ready to, to play again. And, um, you know, there, there was big changes and you know, we were excited that I think we were really looking forward to, to having a team that was going to challenge for a playoff spot. And, um, you know, about 20 games into the year, I think it was, you know, I had a, another chat with Lammer and, you know, we talked about kind of where I was at and where we, we thought the team was at. And, you know, he kind of challenged me and he kind of challenged, you know, some of our other guys that, you know, we we were doing okay, but, you know, he, he thought, you know, there, there was more for us uh, to kind of give and more for us to, you know, to take that another step. And, you know, he, he talks about, you know, you look at the 18 and 19 year old players in the league and you look around the league, every team, you know, has some highly skilled guys and some guys that can kind of really take over games. And, you know, he kind of challenged us to, to start doing that, you know, with Reese Scarlett and, you know, we had Richard Niedemel on the back end and, you know, we had, uh, you know, Graham Black and Colby Cave and Coda Gordon. And, you know, it kind of challenged us to, you know, start kind of developing into those players. And, you know, I, I think that's kind of where my game started to take off. You kind of take that that onus and that responsibility and you really want to be that that leader and, you know, that, that guy that you, your team looks to and to kind of, you know, really lead the charge and, you know, be that guy that everyone can count on. You know, that's, I think it's right around the time, um, you know, the Super Series was. And then, you know, that's when that, I, I had that, um, the point streak. And, you know, I feel like that's really where my game kind of went to another level. And, you know, it, uh, we had some guys that were playing extremely well hockey. You know, and I think back to Blackie and, you know, Colby Cave and Gordo and then Scar on the back end. And, you know, we, we all started to kind of take that next step forward. And, um, you know, I, I was very fortunate, uh, you know, I was very healthy that year and, you know, kind of everything worked out. And, you know, in the end, I was, you know, very fortunate to, to be recognized with that award. And, um, you know, it's something I'm still very proud of to this day. You touched on that point streak. It was a 21-game streak, which lasted from uh, November 27th until January 15th. So when you're going through a stretch like that, and, I mean, when it gets into that double digits frame, when you're going into a game, is it almost just like a mental thing of knowing that I'm, I'm going to get at least one here tonight? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of weird like that. Um, you know, it, uh, it was like I captured lightning in a bottle. It was, um, but, you know, it, our, our line had been – playing really well and you know we were kind of we'd flip the lines depending on who we were playing but you know for the most part I had Colby Cave and you know Gordo on my side or I was playing with Chance Lund and and Gordo or um, you know sometimes we'd we'd get Blackie on the wing and and things like that and um, you know it was one of those things where you have the confidence you're, you're feeling really good about your game and you know, it seemed like the the puck would just find me, and you know, there, there was a couple close calls. I remember uh, one uh, we were against Prince Albert, and you know, I think I got it with eight or twelve seconds left. Uh, I got an assist on the empty netter, and <laughs> I think it was Caver that scored it. And he's more excited that you know I was getting an assist. <laughs> he's jumping up and down, coming to me. But 
um, you know, it, it was just one of those things where I think, you know, the longer it went on, you know, the more confident I was that, you know, and I, I was, I was playing well and, you know, I, I felt really good about my game and, you know, it just seemed like, you know, if I, if I played well and, you know, did the right things, like the puck was going to find me and I was going to get my chance. And, you know, I just had to make the most of that chance. You know, I, I remember on that point streak and, uh, you know, when you were really starting to heat up and it was, it was talk around Swift Current Coffee Row that, uh, oh yeah, Lowry's playing extra motivated because he, uh, he didn't get the invite to World Juniors. Was, was it a World Junior snub? Was that part of the motivation to elevate your game? Um, you know, I, I think I was really disappointed that I, I didn't get the opportunity to go to the world junior camp and kind of show, you know, even just have a chance to, to make that team. And, you know, maybe that was a little extra motivation. I think, you know, ultimately it was kind of that talk a couple of weeks earlier with Lammer about kind of becoming that dominant player and kind of becoming that player that, you know, every team could count on, you know, with the handful of guys that I had said before and, you know, kind of taking our team to the next level. And, um, you know, it, it was tough news. We were, on the, the BC road trip and, you know, I found out I wasn't, wasn't getting invited and, um, you know, I was really disappointed. I, I wanted that opportunity. I, I think it would have been, you know, something I, I would have loved to have been a part of, but you know, they, they, they have so many great players to choose from there. There's always going to be guys that, you know, kind of miss the bubble to get invited to camp. Then there's other guys that, you know, miss the bubble to, to make the team. So, um, you know, it was disappointing for sure, but, you know, I, I think kind of, you know, being on the road and being able to play that those games kind of when the camp was happening kind of, you know, it allows you to kind of forget about it. You're with the guys more. And, um, yeah, so, you know, you could say there was a little bit of motivation there to kind of try and prove some people wrong and, you know, try and prove that maybe I did deserve an invite. I know there was no long playoff runs during your time as a Bronco, but when you think about your time here, are there a few specific moments that stick out to you as uh, maybe some of your favorite moments here? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think you talk about the no playoff runs, but um, even just the, the game we won in overtime against the Hitman, you know, at uh, Caber scores the winner, 3-2, and, you know, that, that was the first playoff win, uh, the only playoff win I had in <laughs> in my junior career, but, um, you know, that, that was so thrilling. And then a couple of years later, you know, I'm not even a part of the, the team, but, you know, watching the Broncos uh, go on the run and seeing them win the league and, you know, it, it just brings back, like <laughs> it brings a smile to my face and, you know, it's seeing, seeing kind of the city and, you know, how much the fans were behind that team and to think, you know, maybe you have a small part in, you know, at that and maybe, um, you know what watching that but then you know i i remember my first goal and things like that my first game and you know th there's so many memories i i have when i look back at my time in swift current that you know I, i'm so fond of even you know at uh just playing cards on the bus and you know i'd seen some of these guys and where they're at in their life you know and i was at colby cave's wedding this summer and you know seeing him and you know I got to play against him in his first NHL game and just seeing where you know some of my former teammates are and what they're doing in their lives like you know Daniel Dale was competing and for Team Canada with the bobsleigh and just all the different paths and kind of the, those friendships that you forged um, you know what I, I think those are kind of 
some of those memories and, you know, not, they're not necessarily hockey specific. And, um, you know, and I think that's one of those things about being able to play in a small town is you get to spend so much time with your teammates that you might not in the big city, just because you're so close together. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I was, I was very fortunate to, to play in Swift Current. After that season, you uh, very deservedly get an NHL contract from the Jets and you make your foray into pro hockey with the St. John's Icecaps out in Newfoundland. So I'm so curious what travel is like playing in Newfoundland for pro hockey because there's nobody nearby. Yeah, um, so it, it worked out. Uh, and sometimes getting to the Rock is a nightmare with the snowstorms and the fog. and um you see the state of emergency that uh, was called not too long ago in St. John's and um, those snow dumps aren't, aren't that uncommon there. Um, we'd go on the road for two to three weeks at a time. And then you'd get to come home and you'd have a homestand for, for three weeks. And it, it definitely was a bit of an adjustment. I think um, the travel is a bit of a nightmare. You know, we'd, we'd get up and we'd, be at the airport at 4:45, and we'd get on the six o'clock flights and we'd go from St. John's to Toronto and then we'd have a bit of a layover and we'd fly from Toronto to Boston and then, or Toronto to Hartford or kind of wherever we were, you know, wherever the teams were located that we were going to hub out of and you'd hop on the bus and you'd bus an hour, maybe two hours and you'd have a practice that night. And, you know, it's, it's six thirty-seven by the time you're, you're getting back to your hotel room and, chances were you were playing two or three games that weekend and then you'd have a couple days off and you'd still be on the road and, and you'd bus uh, to some new cities and then you know by day 10 of the road trip you're you're about ready to get back and you know you, you get back and then it's you know another long travel day in but then it was so nice that you know at home stands you could go out and you could do, do a big grocery shop I wasn't very uh, a a huge cook at that, that time in my life. And I lived with a couple other Western leaguers and running kitchen, JC LaPon. And, um, you know, we kind of, you know, struggled through our first year of, uh, living on our own and not having our builds cooked for us and, uh, kind of going through those growing pains together. And it was a lot of fun. I, I loved playing in St. John's though, you know, the, the travel might've been tough, but you know, we, we sold out every night and, the fans there, you know, like in Winnipeg, like the Swift Current, uh, you know, we're huge supporters of the team. And it's a really cool city. And, um, you know, it, uh, I, I had a great time living there and playing there as well. You did a full season in, in St. John's playing 60-plus games there. And then in the 2014-15 uh, season, looks like you made the, the big team right out of training camp. You know, was that expected or, or just a, a real pleasant surprise? Um, no, I, I don't think it was expected necessarily. I knew kind of coming out of, you know, the playoff run that we had and, and losing in the Calder Cup finals. And, um, you know, I, I had a pretty solid season. There were certainly were some growing pains and, you know, some adjustments going from junior to pro hockey. And, you know, some things didn't go as smoothly as I would have hoped. But, you know, I, I felt really good with where my game was at. And kind of coming into training camp, I wanted to take that next step. I you know, had aspirations of getting a chance to, you know, play my first few NHL games. I, I never envisioned, you know, sticking for the entire year. And um, I went into training camp and, you know, I, I felt like I had some really good exhibition games and 
you know, it seemed like every, every time the exhibition roster was getting posted, uh, you know, I'd find myself in the lineup and, you know, the more games that I got to play an exhibition, you know, I felt like I was getting the bigger look and then kind of at the end of the exhibition schedule, Paul told me and, you know, told me that I was going to start the year with a team and, um, you know, I was going to get to play my first NHL game in Arizona and, you know, I was able to fly in my mom and, you know, at, um, I had some more family come in for the game and, you know, to get to play your first NHL game. And it was, uh, you know, the opening night, uh, of the season, it, it was, it was truly something really special. And, you know, I, it, I tell people about the line I started on, it was Matthew Perot in the middle. He was playing center. I was playing left wing and Dustin Bufflin on the right wing. <laughs> um, so, you know, that, that's another cool thing is <laughs> I, I got to, to play some of the last games, uh, that Dustin Bufflin played, uh, as a forward before he, uh, went back to D. So, um, you know, that's a, that's another thing. Uh, guys always talk about their welcome to the NHL moment. You mentioned your first game in Arizona. Was it that game that was kind of your welcome to the league or was there something a little later on that uh, kind of hit you that you're in the NHL now? Um, you know, I, I, a couple games later we played San Jose and they were my favorite team growing up and you know, I lined up next to Patrick Marlowe and Patrick Marlowe and Joe Thurton were my two favorite players growing up. So um, that, that was pretty cool. My dad had played with Patrick actually when, he was breaking into the league as a rookie. I think it was in 98 or maybe 99, but um, so to, to kind of get to play against one of your heroes, like right away and line up and, you know, that, that was really cool. And then I, I think it was my seventh game. I, I scored my first NHL goal and, you know, that was really special too. Um, you know, it kind of feels like you made it and that now you're an NHL player, you have the puck and, you know, that, that puck's still hanging in my house in Calgary. So, um, yeah, that was that's probably the, the biggest welcome to the moment. Uh, that or my first fight, I think, you know, <laughs> when the gloves are off and, you know, it, uh, it's one of those things where – and you hold your own in it, you, you feel pretty good about yourself. So, um, you know, probably those two moments. Well, yeah, and I've been sitting on this question. You know, you brought up dropping the gloves and holding your own. You had that uh, viral moment earlier this season with uh, with Ryan Reeves back in November you know it it started with a hit you made on Alex Tuck uh, a conversation with with your own bench and you know t- take us through that uh, that chain of events yeah so you know I, I had just been suspended and yeah geez I um in the outdoor game and I had a bunch of people at the outdoor game and um so that that's tough you know at any time you kind of have to go through that and you never want to see someone get hurt and you don't want to be putting people in vulnerable positions. So, um, you know, I, I accepted the punishment and this was my first game back and I was, you know, I was fired up to kind of get back in into the lineup and um, you're in Vegas and we were down at the time. And, you know, I, I just remember puck coming up the wall and, you know, as, as a centerman, you're kind of coming back to support the puck and, you know, the, he kind of is getting around our D-man and, you know, I, I, I see a lane where I think I can close him off and, you know, put on a pretty solid hit at the same time. And, you know, whether, you know, the puck stuck or, or, you know, if he kind of slipped or something, but, you know, instead of catching full shoulder on shoulder, it would, you know, it, he's kind of now his momentum's kind of changed a little bit and you know, I catch his hip, I catch his shoulder and, but, you know, my arms bracing because I feel like I'm going to miss him and, you know, I catch a bit of his head. So, 
it's one of those unfortunate ones where you know he was hurt on the play. You, you don't want to see someone someone go down like that. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if there was much I could have changed about the play or, or my angle or anything like that. And um, you know, it, it, as soon as that had happened, I thought, oh no, here here we go again. I've I've just dealt with uh, some supplemental discipline. You know, I I don't think this the hit was you know, worthy of, of anything like that, but you, you never know. So I'm sick to my stomach thinking about that. You know, it's, uh, I'm hoping that for the best that Alex isn't hurt too bad. And, um, you know, it's Vegas has a couple tough guys. And so, you know, sure enough, Ryan Reeves comes over the board and um, Paul on our bench is kind of, they're calling on it, uh, you know, whether, you know, this should be allowed, whether he should be allowed to take the face off and, you know, they're kind of trying to get my attention. And, you know, I, I made my peace with it, you know, and I figured, you know, if you answer the bell there, there's not going to be that chipness, you know, they're they're not going to be going after some of our stars. You know, I think it's it's one of those situations where, you know, if you can diffuse the situation in the moment, you know, cooler heads will prevail, that there's nothing going to be an eye for an eye kind of, you know, what they feel like they have their their justice. And, you know, it's so it was one of those things where, uh, you know, it's, I kind of said, yeah, you know, I, I guess I'll have to do it. So, um, we ended up dropping the gloves and, you know, it, uh, I'll thank, uh, the lucky stars that, uh, you know, the, the fight went a lot better than I think any of us were expecting. And, um, you know, so unfortunately I, I came out of that, uh, not too, uh, damaged <laughs> you uh you mentioned your dad just a little while ago and uh speaking of tough guys i know early in his career he was racking up some pretty heavy penalty minutes so uh he's now the head coach of the brandon wheat kings and played a long time in the nhl uh growing up with him in the nhl i mean i know you were young when he was kind of in the middle of his career but i would imagine towards the tail of it end of it you kind of remember some moments of uh, maybe going around with him and hanging out in some uh, nhl locker rooms yeah you know what um yeah, that's. I got a lot of memories of going to the rink with my my brother, and we'd skate before practice, we'd skate after practice. We were kind of rink rats like that. Any chance we got to go to the rink with dad, we 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 jumped at it, and um, you know, it was like a daycare when we were in Florida. Um, there's Brody Sutter, there's Sam Gagne, and you know the Felinos, and there was there was a lot of people running around the room, uh, you know, at that time, and then. You know, when we went to San Jose, we were a little older, and you know, it, uh, you start to kind of be a little more aware of what's going on. And then when we got to Calgary, and you know, it, uh, we were starting to become old enough to kind of recognize, you know, all the hard work that kind of those guys put in, and you know, really appreciate it. And you know, you got to see some superstars, Jerome McGinley and um, guys like that. And then you know, it, uh, my dad would take us. We got to meet some some players on the other team. I remember one day, I think I was 14. I got to go meet Alex Ovechkin and this was when he was really starting to become a superstar in the league and you know, early on in his career. And that was, you know, that, that was really cool. And um, yeah, there, there was a ton of memories kind of just from going to the rink. And I remember that, that playoff run, my dad had kind of got hurt that year and, you know, he was going on the bench as a bit of a player coach. And then, you know, he started suiting up in some of the games and I, I got to go on the ice when they won the Western conference. And, um, you know, so I'll, I'll always remember that. And, uh, it, it was a lot of fun kind of growing up around the game. 
Are you getting lots of chances to, uh, to hang out with him now? I mean, you're in Winnipeg. He's just down the road in Brandon, less than a two-hour drive. Uh, you know, some good chances to, uh, to connect and do the family thing. Yeah, it's, it's been great. Um, you know, it's this year, I think that my parents have seen uh, more games live than, you know, they had in my first five years in the NHL. So, you know, it's been a lot of fun kind of having them just down the road. I got to go to Brandon for Christmas. That was, I think, the first time I'd spent Christmas with my parents in seven or eight years. So, you know, it, it was really nice to be able to see them for, for Christmas and spend some time with them. And, you know, my mom's been able to to come up uh, a lot more frequently to games, and my dad on on days where they don't have games has been able to make the trip. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where you know it's been it's been nice having him, uh, you know, so close. It's been a little different uh, having to cheer for the Wheat Kings. <laughs> you know, I still have still have some uh, tough memories from from playing them in junior, but. Um, you know, I think he's really enjoying being back in the Western League, and you know, I, I'm really enjoying having my parents so close again. With him being a coach in this league, I've had a chance to do some interviews with him pregame, and I think he kind of comes across as a very stern and direct guy. Is he kind of like that when he was growing up at home? Is he kind of cracking the whip a little bit at home? <laughs> you know what? Everyone says that, and they get this impression that you know he's an intimidating guy. Um, to be honest, I think my mom was more the disciplinarian. She was <laughs> – you know, he was on the road so much and he, he was so busy that, you know, she was kind of the one that uh, it fell to. So, um, you know, growing up, I think it was, you know, and if my mom was, you know, she was a little more stern. I think, you know, you were a little more careful about getting in trouble around her because you, you knew kind of the wrath that uh, she, she might uh, come down with. But, um you know, they, I always tell like this, all my buddies thought, you know, my, da- my dad was super intimidating growing up. And, and I'm like, no, 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 it's my mom you have to be worried about. But, you know, now I, I see him. So their grandparents, my older sister is two, two uh, young boys. And, you know, to, to see a different side of him, you know, to, he gets them in his arms and he just melts. And, you know, I always laugh that, you know, people come off and, you know, your dad's so intimidating. It's like, you know, I, I just need to show you this picture and you'll you'll get a, a totally different uh, side uh, of him. But, you know, I, I think around the game and when it's game time, he, he does have that uh, intimidating presence. You know, and he's he's a super highly competitive. And um, so I can certainly see where that's coming from. You know, I, I see him on the bench and, you know, it's sometimes uh, <laughs> his temper gets the best of him. You know, that's kind of the way I play, too, I think. Um, you know, that's kind of the spirit of competition. But um, you know, I, he was uh, he he was a great dad, and you know, he he did so much for us. And um, you know, we got to spend a lot more time with him in the summertime. He coached our baseball and growing up, and you know, he try and make up for all that lost time that he wasn't around during the winter and that in the summertime. So um, you know, my parents were great, um, but you know, he wasn't necessarily as. Uh, and intimidating as uh, you know he might come across. Well, we're we're wrapping things up here, and uh, Adam, four years in Swift Current, uh, you were the the league MVP your final year here. Lots of fans have some great memories of you. Uh, before we let you go, uh, anyone uh, back here in Swifty you want to give a shout out to? Um, well, my Bills actually just moved. Uh, Tim and Patty they moved uh, from Swift to Saskatoon, so not. Uh, I would give them, I'll give them a shout out. You know, uh, I owe them a lot. They, um, 
they really uh, kind of helped me transition and, you know, helped me move away from home for the first time and, you know, really helped me grow up. And, you know, at, uh, from 16 to 19, that's, uh, that's an age where you, you do a lot of growing up. So um, Tim and Patty and, you know, the, their sons, Joel, Jory and Joel. And, you know, I, I was texting Patty, uh, you know, last week and, you know, it, uh, I hope they're doing well. They were just down in Nevada. I'm not sure if they're back yet, but you know, I hope they had a great trip and you know, it, uh, I'd like to say hi to them. Right on. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to chat with us here. You're just off the bye week and getting set to get back to work here. So uh, thanks so much for the call today, Adam. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was, it was a blast. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's always a fun time to, to chat Swift Current and, and my time in junior. So, you know, thanks for having me on, guys. Well, you gave us plenty of memories. Take care, man. Hey, take care. You guys uh, travel safe this year. Uh, you know, with the Broncos, I wish you guys nothing but the best. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16, putting the button on a loaded show this week. Uh, a big thanks to Reed Dick, young prospect goalie playing in Pemina Valley for joining us on Crescent Point down the pipeline and just a great chat with uh, Winnipeg Jets member Adam Lowry. Yeah, as if we need more connections to the Broncos organization with him playing four years here, but his uh, older brother Joel plays for the Springfield Thunderbirds with Broncos alum Alex- Alexi Heponiemi as well. Wow, front row seat to be able to watch Heppo play. Just one of the more skilled players that has been through Swift Current, Alexi Heppo-Niemi, and a Lowry connection to him now. And Adam with an upper body injury, so he's going to be out for the next little bit. Uh, going through rehab is uh, is a tough and grinding road, and we certainly thank him for taking time to chat with us today. Yeah, a very long chat, as mentioned. Uh, so long-winded, just uh, professional, you could tell, and uh, very thoughtful in his responses. So uh, an awesome interview with Adam. It was great that he was able to chat with us. Yeah, and hopefully after that, hearing kind of a behind-the-scenes look at Dave Lowry, you'll be less intimidated to talk to him <laughs> down the road next time we meet up with Brandon. <laughs> All right, busy weekend uh, coming up. The Swift Current Broncos hosting Medicine Hat this Friday, and then Saturday the PA Raiders are in town. Channy Wenjack night uh, in cooperation with the Living Sky Casino. 250 custom pucks provided by the Living Sky Casino handed out at the doors to the first fans here. And keep your eye on Isaac Poulter. He'll be wearing that customized Gord Downey-themed goalie mask that will be auctioned off throughout the game with proceeds helping out the Downey Wenjack Fund. Downey Wenjack Fund, uh, building awareness, education, and connections between all Canadians, Indigenous and non-Indigenous alike. We'd like to thank everyone for joining us for another edition of Broncos This Week, brought to you by Original 16. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.